Welcome to Inspirational Visions for your dose of inspiration, endless visions, and where we empower others to never give up hope while bringing people together one story at a time. Here's your host, who is an author and co-author of multiple books and the owner of InspirationalVisionsLLC.com, Mary Markham. In this episode, you will learn how Lucas Robach, an Amazon best-selling author, goes from a depressed and death mentality to a positive life accomplishing goals. He shares how his multiple sclerosis diagnosis empowered and motivated him to bring value to the world. Welcome back to Inspirational Visions for your dose of inspiration and endless visions and where we empower others to never give up hope. I am so excited to introduce today's guest. He went from being a former pilot and teacher to a number one best-selling author. He is a co-author in many books, including Manifesting Your Dreams. Our guest has contributed to numerous publications like Addicted to Success, Good Men Project, and Thrive Global. And after publishing 75 people around the world for fun, he saw a need and a business opportunity and is now considered to be the entrepreneur's publisher. You'll want to hear this story as he shares how his debilitating diagnosis of MS motivated him to become leader of the wellness fair to connect qualified professionals to those who desire a natural and healthy lifestyle. Please welcome Lucas J. Roback. Lucas, how are you? I'm doing good, and uh, thank you very much, Mary, for having me on your show. I really appreciate the opportunity. Absolutely. Thank you for being here. You're welcome. So I always say to people, every day is a school day because I believe that we all learn from each other. We all have a story, and um, we're constantly learning. So with that being said, tell our audience a little bit more about how being diagnosed with multiple sclerosis motivated you and give us a little bit more glimpse of who you are and how you went from pilot to teacher to best-selling author and this man of so many gifts and talents. All right, well, uh, you have to remind me some parts of these this questions because once I get started, I forget things pretty quickly. But, Not a problem. Uh, all right, awesome. Thank you. And then, uh, so... Uh, like first, like I, uh, with, with MS, like I was, uh, striving to be a life coach, speaker, author. I already had a children's book already published by then. I was certified in neurolinguistic programming, hypnotherapy, mental and emotional release. As I mentioned, life coach as well. So I had numerous certifications and worked with people really trying to, uh, positively help people working one-on-one with them mm-hmm. and, when I was diagnosed, I, it was just an extraordinarily positive experience for me. Like there was, it's been five years now since okay. uh, I, I've been diagnosed, and I've I've never actually seen it as a negative thing. Wow! Even before, and so it's because people ask me like I've been I've been interviewed on a lot of podcasts, and people will ask me so, well, how did you pull that off? Like how did you have that resiliency and stuff like that it's to me it's just a culmination of all my thoughts added up over the years because it was just my decision not to make myself a victim because you can easily choose that that's the easiest path is to just say hey i'm a victim everybody feels sorry for me right but to me like that's one of the most detrimental mentalities to have Mm -hmm. and thankfully i never developed that and chose to develop it good for you years it was just a matter of uh because how I got really started in the personal development world and the health and wellness world was, before I even was diagnosed was I attempted suicide even a, like a decade or more before I was uh, diagnosed with MS. And that's really what introduced me to the world of personal development. And I started reading a lot of books, watching a lot of videos. This was even before YouTube. So it was like E-Bombs World. And I can't remember the other platform that no longer exists. Okay. So I was watching a lot of videos and just implementing the material and even with, without medication, without seeking a therapist, I was able to, uh, quote unquote, cure myself of depression just because I my thoughts that I chose to think led me into depression. And so I just figured 
I'll just choose to think better thoughts. And that took me right out of depression. Wow. And just over the years of everything adding up and all the techniques that I was doing on myself and all, all the learns that I had, that when I was diagnosed with MS, I just you kept reprogrammed it going. myself. Yeah, I, repro- like, I was already programmed to be empowered and be responsible for my life rather than the program that programming that I had before, which was I'm a victim and I'm not responsible for my life and I'm entitled. And so I went from that very, the that mentality to something that I'm actually taking control of my life and doing what I want with it when wow. it comes to MS. And so like that whole MS thing, it's one of the best marketing tools that I have aside from my books. Like my books are the best marketing tool. MS is the second best thing that I have in my arsenal. That's crazy. What a remarkable story. So while you were depressed, you started reading more like self-help type books is what you're saying or and um, therapy and in and, and curing yourself that way? Yeah, the very first personal development book, self-help book, actually, this is literally a self-help book. It's uh, Feeling Good by Dr. David Burns, and I'm actually looking at it right now on my bookshelf. Okay. And then that led me into uh, looking more on like, watching videos and I ended up watching a lot of Bob Proctor videos. And okay. This was, once again, like before YouTube even was developed. And so I was, I had no clue who Bob Proctor was. I probably didn't even know his name at the time. And then mm-hmm. so then when the movie, the secret came out and I can't remember what year that was, but there was a long time after it was like, I recognize this guy. Yeah. And that's what really got me involved in Bob Proctor was after the secret came out, but his teaching saved my life. The videos that, whether if it was him or somebody stole the videos somewhere and put them online, I don't care. It yeah. saved my life. Those videos saved my life. And Dr. David Burns' book just pushed me in that direction. There was a lot of like material in there, a lot of exercises that I never did. Mm-hmm. I did some of them, but right. then I got into Bob Proctor and like how powerful the mind is. Because the mind is the most powerful force in all of creation. You can literally think yourself to death mm-hmm. or you can think yourself think yourself into healing whatever ailments it is that you have because you can't have an unhealthy body with a healthy mind you can't have a healthy body with an unhealthy mind okay and so like if you're if you have negative thoughts you're going to produce negative results if you have healthy thoughts you're going to produce healthy results and so it's it took a while like obviously like i can just anybody's able to go off and regurgitate that exact phrase but sure. to actually understand it right i can't even say that i can tell you that i fully understand it. it's been over 15 years of studying and implementing and i can't say that i understand it but, but i can regurgitate it yeah. and implement it but i don't understand it well it, it 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 makes sense though i mean if you you know if if you start feeling sick and you keep telling yourself i'm so sick i'm so sick and then before you know it you're worse you know, but it's like, mm-hmm. it's, or like having a bad day, you know, if you're having a bad day and you keep telling yourself how bad your day is, your day's going to suck, you know? So. Absolutely. Yeah. Like I'm the healthiest person in every single room I go in. I know that. <laughs> I, I guarantee you it mainly because of my MS, because with MS, your immune system is so strong and so powerful that, um, I think I blew my nose once or twice in the last few years. Wow. I don't, I don't get sick at all ever. And that's I'm amazing. Person everywhere I go, I might just have MS, but right. that doesn't mean that you're healthier than me. I'm healthier than you. But, <laughs> so it's just the mentality. It's obviously, factually speaking, it could be completely false. But <laughs> my mentality when I go in is I'm the healthiest person in this room. That is amazing, and what a gift to share. I mean, really, that story. I mean, you're not using the, you know, what was me attitude. You have a positive attitude. Um, which really is feeding a healthy mind. So that is amazing. You you are referred to as number one best-selling authorpreneur. Tell our audience what Authorpreneur Academy is. So authorpreneur, I wish I made up that word, but I didn't. Okay. Uh, but an authorpreneur is somebody that writes and publishes a book and then uses the book as a marketing tool to build their business because okay. there's nothing like a book outside of a book as one of the most powerful marketing assets because if you just think of the first six letters in the word authority yeah 
It's not a coincidence. Authors are authority figures. Authors are instant experts. They're the most credible source of information. They're the most trusted source of information, which is why you see our shady politicians who should be in prison. They're <laughs> publishing books because nobody trusts a politician. That's just yeah. nobody trusts politicians, but people trust authors. That's why every presidential election cycle, you're going to see a ton of books coming out yeah. that they didn't write so that you trust them. And that's that's the reason why they do it like granted i'm not a a campaign manager so there might be like another underlying purpose but to me that's the reason why they do it because they want to be feel like you can they can be trusted when they're not trustable yeah and when they become an author no matter what side they're on they're sure but yeah so it's uh that's like as the author so that's an entrepreneur to me is uh you're building a business with a book. So it's not like you're writing a book that you're passionate about. Sure. You're writing a book that your business needs you to create and then use to attract to attract clients. To It's like your ticket on the larger stages. It's a key to open up doors to opportunities, a key to open up doors to a specific people or specific organizations that you want to connect with. Sure. It's a, like a lead magnet to attract opportunities, to attract business, to attract clients. Right. Uh, like my children's book that I have, it has 12 words in it. It's called I Am Children's Book for Positive Thinkers. It's a great book, mm-hmm. but there's 12 words in it. I'm the expert on positive thinking because of that book with 12 words. And wow. two of those words are repeated over and over and over again. Yeah. That's fascinating. And, That's awesome. And I know people that have PhDs, with positive, that PhDs in positive psychology, and yet they've never been asked to speak outside of the university that their professor's at. They've never been asked to uh, be interviewed on, on a podcast. Mm-hmm. They've never been asked if they're looking for clients. They've right. never been asked to do JVs or like JV is a joint venture or collaboration. Okay. And yet I have. Yeah. And so that it just blew me away. It's just like, dude, you're smarter than me. You have a PhD in positive psychology. All I have is certifications in life coaching, NLP, hypnotherapy, mental and emotional release. I read a ton of books, watch a lot of videos, but... I have real no accreditations. I have certifications, not accreditations. And I know that you're smarter than me. You prove that to me every time that we have a conversation. Yeah. But yet the world looks at authors as the expert. Yeah. Not somebody that has a PhD. But a lot of that it too is... It, absolutely. But it, it's also your your authority in that book though because it's it's your life. It's It's your walk. And that you're sharing. And that's where people are gravitating to it to it as well. well there's, I mean, there's 12 words in the book. There's no story or anything. Well, in that one, yes. Just, but it's, it's still it's positive. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's 10 affirmations. <laughs> I am positive. And then the next page is I am smart. And then I am beautiful. I am creative. And so it's repeating I am over and over again. And just adding one word after it. And so like, you learn nothing from me from the book. It was just an idea. That but, I, I just wanted to prove that anybody can publish a book, especially a children's book, because it's, and that's the reason, that was the only reason why I published that children's book, Yeah, was to prove that anybody can do it. And but, now I, it just snowballed from there, and I work with entrepreneurs now and teach them everything I know. That's that's awesome. I love that about you. And it's interesting that I am, because years ago, the Holy Spirit came and spoke to me in the middle of the night. And one of the images is I am. And the image is meant to be positive affirmations running through your blood. That God wants you to have those positive affirmations constantly running through to get rid of the negative and, um, and just be that reminder that he's the center of our lives. And, you know, again, it's I am beautiful. I am holy. I am loved. I am confident. I am. And so it makes me smile to hear you say that. It's it's mm-hmm. awesome, the connection. And uh, like kind of like going back to like some of like the Bob Proctor teachings, which really didn't have it had. I, obviously, it had some sort of an influence on that children's book. But the more I. uh and I published that book maybe like five or six years ago now, and I've obviously still been learning from him. And one thing that he taught at one of the events that I went to that I actually never heard him say on a video, it's probably on a video somewhere that I haven't come across yet, but uh, like when you're going after something or like based on that book, I Am Smart, when you're looking at your grades in school and, you're a f- and according to the school, you're a failure, but yet 
that's just because you didn't like conform to their way of testing. Right. Because you could like be a, like a genius and yet so you could be Albert Einstein and then your teacher says you're too stupid to pass this grade. You might as well drop out now and not even bother with the fourth grade or whatever grade. Right. Einstein got kicked out of school and uh, same thing with Edison. A lot of like most of the people that we know of that are common household names, they either got dropped out. They either dropped out or got kicked out of grade school or high school. Mm-hmm. Um, but when when you're striving for whatever it is, like mm-hmm. whatever goal it is that you have, whether if it's like an ideal weight or a job or uh, your a certain number in your bank account, whatever it might be, right. your car, is that there's three different planes, like level playing fields, like dimensions as well that you like whatever word you want to use in terms of like how to how to actually uh, manifest that into your life. Mm-hmm. And so there's the spiritual plane which is energy and then there's the emotional plane which is what we experience internally and then there's the physical plane okay so the spiritual plane is just being able to like have that image in our mind because as long as you can hold an image in your mind you're able to make it reality and hold it in your hand Mm -hmm. the only person that's stopping you is you so even like uh, before planes were invented the wright brothers had the image of a plane in their mind to Mm -hmm. be able to fly yeah and they did everything they could, no matter what, no matter how horrible the people around them were to them for doing something that stupid to fly. Mm-hmm. Because that's the sky is only for birds, not for people. Right. And so if they were to listen to them, our world would be an extraordinarily massive place. But it's tiny because of the Wright brothers. So they they were able to hold the picture in their mind and then they were able to actually talk about it and articulate it, mm-hmm. which created those emotions in them. Okay. And so just with that alone, it's not real in our, in the world that we have the five senses in, it's still not real. But it's, it's a fact already in two dimensions, on two planes, because you're able to hold the picture in your mind, you're able to talk about it and articulate it and experience those emotions. So it's real and uh, like 66% of the goal being manifested. And now it's just a matter of acting as if. And it's not like a fake it till you make it, because fake it till you make it is a lie. Yeah. You're lying to yourself and you're lying to everybody around you. Mm-hmm. But act as if is just, it's internally in your mind, you're acting as if it's already there. So like when I do events and only 20 people show up, in my mind, I see like 150, 200 sure. people there. I talk and act as if the room is beyond full and everything like that. And so... I'm acting as if I'm not faking that there's people there. In my mind, I'm the only person that's actually aware that there's a hundred people there. Sure. And then the third dimension is when it actually happens. And Jack Canfield calls that structural tension because it's like a rubber band. When you pull your pull a rubber band, like if you put a rubber band around both your hands mm-hmm. and you uh, keep your left hand stationary and you pull your right hand. Sure there's going to be a certain point to where your left hand is going to follow the right hand or your right hand is going to come back to the left hand. Sure. Either or. Sure. And so that's pretty much what everybody's doing. Like I can't say everybody. That's uh, that's a very wrong generalized statement. But m- the majority of people, that's what we're doing is our thoughts. We're, we're, we're on those two dimensions saying, okay, well, this is what I want. This is what I want. So that, that's when our right hand, our right hand is what we want. The left hand is reality, the real world. And so our right hand is going out saying, this is what I want. I want to be 155 pounds. That, that's my goal weight that I haven't reached in ever. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I, I got to 153 pounds once, and then all of a sudden uh, I lost 30 pounds in a couple months, and I haven't gained any of it back. Oh. But that, that's an MS story all yeah. on its own. But, yeah, so, like, we're thinking about what we want, and our right, so our right hand is going out with the idea that we want. And then the structural tension that Jack Canfield's talking about is that we keep the right hand going farther and farther. So what we want is that we want that right hand that's moving, that we have control over, that that's the one that's stationary. And then all of a sudden, like with a rubber band, at some point, the rubber band's going to snap. Okay. And then when that rubber band snaps, that's when our left hand, the real world, flies to wherever the right hand is. And now what was in our mind is now in our physical reality. Wow. So that's another way of looking at it. I can give you like five or six more metaphors, but I, I, 
show that I just talked a lot longer than I really wanted. <laughs> that's to okay. That, that is a okay. That's that's fascinating. I'm telling you, I told you in the beginning, every day is a school day. You taught me a whole heck of a lot today in, you know, the first 20 minutes. <laughs> so this is awesome. You're welcome. The I first love it. 20 minutes is free. All right. There you go. Perfect. <laughs> um, okay. So we all have a different way to start our day. Okay. Some people exercise, journal, meditate. What is a must-do thing that starts your day? Oh, kind of going back to, like, I'm a full-blown accolade of Bob Proctor. Like, okay. if he started a cult, I'm drinking that Kool-Aid. <laughs> I'll be the first one. I'm pushing people over to drink that Kool-Aid right yeah. away. Uh, so, with Bob Proctor, he his the morning routine that he talks about, it's, uh, like, he's got a lot, a lot of videos out there. He repurposes his videos and talks about it slightly different. Everything mm-hmm. that he talks about, he just talks about it slightly different, but... So in the morning, first thing that I do is I pull out a notepad that I got from uh, Proctor Gallagher Institute, PGI, which is Bob Proctor's corporation at one of his events. Okay. They were just giving out these massive books. And because before what I was doing is I would just write it on a, a legal pad. Now I'm using one of his books. But I give thanks to 10 things. I, I express gratitude towards 10 things that I'm grateful for. And it's not that, okay, it's not like I'm writing off a laundry list or a grocery list of, oh, I'm thankful for, for shoes. I'm thankful that yeah. I have a space heater. I'm thank-. It's not, you actually spend time with each thing and you really experience that emotion of gratitude towards whatever it might be. Okay. So right in, over the last few months, instead of expressing gratitude towards the things that I currently have, Mm-hmm. I'm expressing gratitude towards the things that I am going to have. Ooh. So I'm grateful that I'm a New York Times bestselling author. I am grateful that I have a 500,000 square foot warehouse. I am grateful that I have a German Shepherd, a Rottweiler, and a Pitbull. I am grateful that I own the license to certain organizations. I am grateful that I was a TEDx speaker. I am grateful that I am in a loving relationship. I am grateful that the wellness fair is an international organization with 50,000 events in one day. I am grateful that I published a thousand authorpreneurs a year. I am grateful that I have X amount of books come out every single month. Wow. So that's, so I'm expressing gratitude and I, it's like I'm visualizing it and experiencing it in the, like as if it's real. So I'm not yeah. doing my doing like, so it's kind of like a way to uh, like double up, I guess. Yeah. Because not only am I expressing gratitude towards something that I'm going to have, is I'm actually visualizing it. Yep. And I'm experiencing all the other emotions. But then I also do that after. So after I write down and express gratitude towards 10 things that I'm grateful for, uh-huh. then I sit in silence for five minutes while well, I do all this in silence anyway. Okay. But uh, like it's a five-minute meditation, sending love to three people that are bothering me. Oh. So you find like you think of people that are bothering you. I'm one of the people that bother me the most, so I send love to myself a lot. But then I think of like people that I've wronged or think about people that have wronged me or just maybe that one a-hole that cut me off right. earlier earlier in the day or yesterday or whatever it might be. Yeah. So I just send love to them because forgiveness has nothing to do with the other person. Mm-hmm. It right. has everything to do with yourself. So it's like forget the other person forgive them because it's a very selfish thing to do mm-hmm. forgiveness is one of the most selfish things and so forgive them and so you want to send love to them it's not just it's not like you're forgiving them you're just sending them love because it's eliciting the emotion of love within yourself and then you're projecting that energy out towards them wow and after that then then i uh once again i sit in science for uh about five minutes and I ask spirit for guidance he says spirit but it's like you can phrase it however you want you're asking yeah. God Allah sure. Yahweh you, the universe universal love spirit yeah. whatever label you want to give yeah. it, energy because that's quantum physics and that's a factual statement mm-hmm. that no scientist is able to to deny that and the world is energy so you can just say energy but you're asking the uh, God for guidance yeah because so, uh, and that's kind of like, uh, uh, it goes against some of the things that some people teach in a way, if you think about it, because people are just like, Oh, you want to prepare, if you want to be productive and efficient and get things done, 
prepare and plan the next the day the night before you want to plan the next day but what with what bob is teaching is that you ask for guidance for that day sure so how i flipped it now is that the night before is i plan and prepare for the meetings that i already have scheduled okay and then that morning what am i going to do in between those meetings so what's that one objective? What's that one goal that I'm going to achieve in the next 16, 18 hours mm-hmm. so that by the time I lay my head back on the pillow, this has been achieved. And I'm not going to know that until I receive that guidance from the universe. Mm-hmm. Because I'm still going to go to those meetings that I already had pre-scheduled that I'm scheduled out months and months in advance. And so I'm still going to go to those meetings. But what am I going to do in between those meetings? And that's the guidance that I get each morning. That's awesome. That so that's really... my morning ritual. I love it. I love that morning. I, I can yep, see so some it's... things I'm going to change already. Yep. So it's three things. Send love. Uh, be grateful for ten things. Send love to three people. Ask for guidance. Yep. And it's it's when I first started. I, I for me, I still I put a whole lot more time in it than what Bob Bob's like. Well, yeah, it'll take like 10, 15 minutes. I put about an hour, sometimes an hour and a half into it every morning mm-hmm. because then after that, then I'll visualize my goals. I have my goals written down as affirmations on note cards mm-hmm. and then I'll literally like one, one of my uh, goals takes me about 20 minutes to visualize. Another goal takes me about two minutes to visualize because I get really involved in it. Mm-hmm. And the two minute goal is a very short one, which is me being 155 pounds. <laughs> Because I, I I have a massive dream board on my wall. It's like six feet by four feet or five feet. So really? It's a big. It's a big yeah. I, I created it on online and then I went to a local printer and I'm just like, these are the exact dimensions because I measured my wall. Yeah. Because I had some space. That's awesome. And so it just fits perfectly into this one space. And so every like I just like right now I'm actually sitting in my gravity chair in my room. uh, all I do is stare at this vision board, uh, dream board, vision board, whatever you want to call it all day. That's very cool. See, look at all those seeds that you're planting. So, okay. So what is the most heartwarming, selfless thing you've ever seen or done? Um, Yeah. So when I, when uh, you sent this question, I was just like, how do I answer this? Because for me, I do selfless things. Yes, not you to do. talk about them. Mm-hmm. So I'll never, I'll never tell anybody. Even like if I fall, like I get married to somebody, I'm never gonna tell, tell her what selfless thing I did that day. Like it's, I don't do it to say it because then all of a sudden it turns into an extremely selfish thing. Right. Because okay. Self selflessness to me, like it's very hard to be genuinely selfless because it's to me, it's a very selfish act. Like for, for, for instance, like to, to explain that, and this is something that I do as like a selfless thing to make myself feel better. Okay. Is I go to the post office and I just hold the door open. It's a selfless act because there's a lot of older people that need help opening the door. Right. Because there's no automatic door opener. So sure. I'll just go there, stand there for maybe 20 minutes and just hold the door open for everybody that walks in and out. That's amazing. That's awesome. Like people think that I'm doing it as a nice thing. I'm not. I'm doing it to make myself feel better. It's a pick-me-up. That's why I say it's... Really? This is very selfish. Yeah, that's the only reason why I do it, is to make myself feel better. For people to to have people thank me, verbally thank me, for people to smile at me and be grateful for what I just did. It's the easiest thing in the world is just to hold the door open. And a post office is high traffic. Same thing with malls, but malls have automatic door openers. Right. So the post office, they haven't upgraded their facilities in probably like 10 or 15 centuries. So, <laughs> but, but yeah, see like here, I don't expect the post office to ever have like an automatic door opener. So like, no, the older people are like, they're really grateful for it. And it's, it feels so good to do that. Well, right. So here you're saying you're doing it to make yourself feel better. But can you imagine how every single one of those people are walking away going, Wow. He just held the door open for me. Like, you just made my day. Mm-hmm. So, it... it Even it, high fives. Yeah. It's, it's, it's so, so, a high five <laughs> is so simple, but it's 
to me, it's almost impossible to give a high five without smiling. Exactly. Right. It's so hard. Like, so yeah, just even the high five, hold it like a double whammy is hold the door open and give them a high five as they go through and give them a compliment. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, it's really fun. It's really like, I, I guess I sound like a really big nerd or something. No, you're not oh a gosh, nerd. Like, what do you do on Friday night? I go to the post office and hold doors open. <laughs> Woohoo! No, yeah, that's... It's, it's, it works. Look, look at all the lives you're changing by doing that. You think it's you, but you're changing lives, Lucas. You're changing yeah. lives. So, okay, so you're known as this wisdom share. I mean, obviously, you have shared so much wisdom already today. You've accomplished so many things, writing, workshops, teaching, all this stuff you've experienced. And this may not, you know, I'm trying to thinking of uh, how you're going to go with this answer to this question, (laughs) but have you ever experienced maybe in the beginning that fear of moving forward? And, And how did you fight? Like before you had all this knowledge of the positive attitude and mindset before that, like, did you have that fear? And if you, you know, and, and how did you fight through that? Oh, boy. Yeah, this was another one, too, that was a very difficult question for me to answer just because <laughs> to be able to think of a very specific situation. Because okay. right now, the fear that I experience is the fear of being stagnant, the fear of conforming, okay. the fear of the status quo, the fear of not accomplishing anything. That's my greatest fear is to just be like everybody else because one of the worst things like this and another portion of uh to an- of this answer both of them actually come from art williams in his one of his speeches called just do it okay so in 1987 he gave a speech to a radio broad like a christian radio broadcast group and art williams just a little background on him is he went from a high school football coach to starting and owning prudential life insurance so he was worth billions. Okay. And he, one of his biggest philosophies, obviously was the title of his speech there is, so how do you get past fear? One thing that it's not just fear, but it's, uh, I mean, like, I don't want to do this either. Yeah. Cause as an entrepreneur, there's, you're going to do a whole lot of things that you don't want to do. Exactly. But you do them because of the purpose. Right. The reason why you're doing them is because you want to, you it needs to happen in order to achieve X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. And so I just remember that speech. Just go to, go to YouTube, type in art Williams, just do it. It's Mm -hmm. a 22 minute speech. You can watch like a five minute version of it, which is just the last five minutes, but I encourage you to watch the whole thing, but just do it. Okay. I'm going to do that. I, I, I used to watch that video every single morning. Wow. For months on end. I can, I can, just go off and do the speech myself without mm-hmm. him. And I, I, I'm still practicing like the Southern drawl to be able to sound <laughs> like him too. But, uh, uh, yeah, his accent is, it's, it's awesome. It's fun to listen to, but just do it. Okay. I'm going to just do fear, that. Fear is just a figment of the imagination that somebody else projected onto you. That's all fear is. Okay. So the fears that you experience, you learn you learn to experience fear because your parents and your teachers and your coaches told you yeah. you need to be fearful in this situation. Yeah. Well, and what, what if it's like verbally telling you or like them freaking out because like you were a child walking across. A, like me, I, uh, I got caught as like a two-year-old climbing up on my dad's van mm-hmm. and like playing on top of the van, which was extremely high for a two-year-old. So maybe it was like eight feet off the ground, or however big an Astro van is. Mm-hmm. So I'm up there, like I just climbed up there, and like that—that that was my playground. And the neighbors freaked out. <laughs> but thankfully, my mom and dad just didn't care. Right. Not because they didn't care about me, but because that was my playground. Yeah. And so it was just like you can allow other people's fears to be projected onto you and just know that it's just a figment of the imagination. It's not a real thing. Right. Just like uh, one of the most common metaphors that are in almost every single personal development book. Somebody's got to come up with a better metaphor. And I'm not about to do that right yeah. now. <laughs> come on. Uh, <laughs> another book. I see another book. Yeah. But uh, so it's like a diving board. As a kid, 
it's very fearful to go off a diving board your, your first time, even on the low dive. Sure. I remember actually here. I, I do remember that now that I'm talking about it, one of the fears that I had was even on the low dive mm-hmm. as a very small child. Sure. Four or five feet off the water. That could be like twice your size. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, so it's, that's really high up. The low dive is very high up and it's, so I jump off just like the book said, jump off the diving board and hopefully land in the water close to the wall so you can quickly get out of the water. <laughs> right. And right after you, do, like it, it takes everything that you have to do it. Yeah. And after you do it, it's like, wow, that wasn't bad. Right. You go off and you do it again. And each time that you do it, the fear goes away. Right. Exactly. Same thing with the, like being a pilot. One of the most fun things was like when, when you're tra- trained to be a pilot, all the training is, is emergencies. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot of fun. And like when you first go, like there's what, what's called like stalls and spins where the plane all of a sudden just essentially stops working and starts going down. Mm-hmm. First time I experienced that because you're looking at the sky, everything's blue. And then all of a sudden everything's green within like a half a second. Wow. And now you're, you're spinning, going down very quickly to the ground and just to experience that the first time is fearful, but now, sure. like, I haven't done it in a while, but it just became really fun for me to where I would do that with, like, I would go and fly friends around and do different things, and I'm just like, hey, I'm just going to do this because I'm bored. <laughs> and they're like... Fly the plane is kind of boring because you just, once you get up to altitude, you put on autopilot, and then you sit there for five or six hours until it's time to take autopilot off. And so it's just like, all right, well, I'm going to do a stall. And they freak out, and I'm having a blast. And so that's, kind of, <laughs> right. like, that's where their fear is coming in. Yeah. yeah, the more the more you do it, the less fear you'll have, and you shouldn't be afraid of anything because if if one person's able to do it, you can do it too. Absolutely. And if nobody's ever done it, and you have the image of you being able to do it in your mind, yeah, you desire doing it. The only person stopping you is you. Yeah. So Amen. face your fears because fears are just figments of the imagination. Amen. Look at another lesson for everybody. That's remarkable. Thank you. So Inspirational Visions has um, what I call miracle reminders, um, a reminder to let go, let God. And so do you have a daily reminder um, that is like your go-to to keep you going? I mean, I know you said your your mindset is positive, but do you have anything like tangible that you look at um, cause let go, let God, we have, you know, magnets, um, for people that just, you know, sometimes people need that. They need to put it in the refrigerator and walk by and go, oh yeah, I got, I got to do that. Do you have anything like that, that you look at? I guess I have numerous things okay. that I'm really thinking about. Cause I'm actually looking at them right now. It's just, I never even thought about calling them that. So okay. first thing that I have is my goal card. Okay. Out of all the goals that I'm working towards. There's one that's called what Bob calls Bob Proctor calls the C1 goal. So the C1 goal is the most important goal to where this is the only goal you're actually going after. All the other goals, forget about them. Go after this one because this goal will eventually create all the other goals or make all the other goals a thousand times easier to achieve. So I focus on one, okay. and that's the goal that I carry around. So just by touching it, I can experience that emotion and the passion the purpose it's a great reminder just by touching it awesome and then i also have what one of my mentors calls a hillbilly ipad so i carry my hillbilly ipad around everywhere i go and what it is it's just a tiny little notebook that fits in my pocket Mm -hmm. and that's how i take my notes because even though i'm a millennial i hate technology Mm -hmm. i would rather handwrite because handwriting is the direct connection to your subconscious mind, mm-hmm. which I, I think is like teaching kids how to type. I think is wrong. We need to go back uh, to handwriting. Learn how. Like, oh. everything should be handwritten through high school. Yes. And then you can start typing. But everything should be handwritten just because of how important that connection to the subconscious is yeah. with the handwriting. And so I, I handwrite all notes, all little reminders. I'll. Uh, even when I'm in meetings every once in a while, if somebody looks over my shoulder, they'll see like I might be writing an affirmation mm-hmm. because some people like, and depending upon the meeting that you're in, it could just be like one, like it's either a waste of your time, negative energy, just 
whatever it might be, there's a lot of reasons why you don't want to be there. Yeah. And so I'll handwrite my affirmations as mm-hmm. well as another thing too, that kind of like this has nothing to do with the question that you asked, but uh, <laughs> when, when you were, uh, like if you're in those negative environments where yeah. you're around a negative person or you're ex- like, you're just experiencing a negative emotion, mm-hmm. whether that's anger, sadness, fear, hurt, guilt, mm-hmm. stress, anxiety, whatever it might be. Right. Visualize yourself in a white lighted bubble. Okay. So you're what you are projecting white light from the inside out. Unbelievable. Abs- like the metaphysics behind that is I don't understand it. Like just like electricity, I can turn the light switch on, but and then if the fuse blows, I can put the fuse back on. But outside of electricity, that's all I know. Mm-hmm. Same thing with this. I, I beyond clueless. All I know is that when you're experiencing a negative emotion, visualize yourself in white light and it's going to protect you from that. Okay. It's going to protect you from the negative energy coming to you as well as it's going to heal the energy that's inside of you. Wow. White, a white light is a, a loving healing energy. And then there's also amber light and pink light. And each one of those has its own reasons to utilize it. Like an amber light, it's more grounding because it's coming from the ground up. Mm-hmm. And pink, I'm still studying pink and I can't, I don't know enough about pink light in order to yeah. describe it in a sentence. But, and then the <laughs> other thing that I have is that, that, that uh, vision board that I was yep. telling you about. Mm-hmm. And then I also, my vision board's also my background on my, uh, the wallpaper on my two computers. Okay. It's uh, the background on my tablets and my uh, phone. All right. Yeah, I think that, that's about So it. those I, are your uh, definite re- daily reminders. Definitely. Yeah. They're that's everywhere, right. obviously. The iPad, that's okay. the dream board, and my goal cards. That's awesome. Oh, and then I also have a, a gratitude stone, too, that I carry everywhere I go. It's been in my pocket for... What does yours say? Oh, I found it at Bradford Beach. Okay. I, picked, I just found a rock that I liked and picked it up, put it in my pocket. And, and that's your gratitude stone. It's been in my stone. pocket for about 10 years now. That is awesome. So every time I touch it throughout the day, I express gratitude towards something that I have currently. Because in the morning, I'm, as I mentioned, I'm giving gratitude towards the things that I'm going to have. Yes. And then the gratitude rock is things that I currently have. So throughout the day, I'll express, and I put it next to my phone. Uh-huh. So it gives me an excuse to touch my phone. Yeah. Because a lot of people touch their phones like the, the my phone's vibrating phenomenon. Mm-hmm. Like your phone's not vibrating. Right. But. That's not the reason why I touch my phone. I touch my phone to touch my gratitude rock. That's great. Even though I can express gratitude without touching it, Yeah. I program myself to where every time I touch that rock, I'm going to express gratitude. So I touch the rock just to express gratitude. Uh huh. That's remarkable. I love these these different examples that you use for gratitude um, and in positive mindset. This is this is great, great. I wish I could say I made them up, but I made up. Yeah, but but <laughs> you're sharing them. You're sharing them, and I, I've never heard a lot of this, so this is great. And I'm sure there's a lot of listeners out there that are, like, writing on that notepad frantically all these notes. Like, wait, 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 you know, if I got negativity, I'm going to the white light. So yeah. this is this is awesome. Um, so obviously you have this wonderful, positive attitude, and it's remarkable. A lot of our listeners may not. So... If if somebody else is out there struggling with that fear and or diagnosis and, you know, they may have that victim attitude, um, what are like three words of encouragement and, and to give them that hope? What, what could you say to them? Jim Rohn. Jim Rohn? Jim Rohn. Just because you said three words. I had to break it down to three words. Jim Rohn. So Jim Rowan has a quote that you are the average of the five people that you hang out with most. Uh-huh. So if you're hanging around victims, you're a victim. One of my uh, one of my friends, he's an alcoholic because he hangs around with alcoholics. I don't hang out with him that much. Okay. If he hung out with me a lot more, he wouldn't be drinking. Okay. But he hangs around with alcoholics. Same thing with uh, like uh, positive people. 
you hang around with positive people, you're going to be positive. You hang around with wealthy people, you're going to be wealthy. You're going to hang around with poor people, you're going to be poor. And, uh, sure. Also, too, there's like another like mentality that's out there to where like there's a massive difference between being poor and being broke. Yep. Being broke is a very temporary circumstance that you can see in your bank account. Yeah. Being poor is a mental illness. Absolutely. Yep. And so because being like there's more than enough money for everybody in the world and it's not like I'm going to steal it from this person and give it to myself and give it to everybody else that decided not to earn enough money. It's sure. literally if everybody decided to level up and hustle yeah. and make it happen, everybody in the world would have more than enough money to serve every single need there is. Yeah. But people would rather take that victim and entitlement mentality because it's a whole lot easier just to receive a paycheck yeah. for doing nothing than it is to go out there and, and work. work a few thousand hours and not get paid a penny yeah. for two or three thousand hours worth of work. Amen and to that. I can easily say that I've gotten worked five, six thousand hours, not a penny. Yeah. <laughs> so how do, how do you spell that? Jim's last name? R-O-H-N. So Romeo Oscar Hotel November. Okay. R-O-H-N. Perfect. I'm got to take that note. That's that's awesome. You ha you are a wealth of information. So you've shared your vision board, your positive attitude, many many um, wonderful quotes. So is there actually like a perfect day? What that would look like to you? What would what would a perfect day look like to you? How much time do we have left? <laughs> we get as much so, time as you the, need because you're talking to <laughs> like a very big thinker that gets. Super detailed and analytical. Yes, so I'm gonna try to like uh, hold myself back. Oh, you only way. have so, a, a, a a few more questions. So, okay. we're, so we're I good. wake up at 4 a.m. on my own, fully refreshed, energized, super excited to start the day. Okay. No alarm clock because waking up to an alarm clock to me is not only just completely unnatural for humans, it's just a horrible way. Especially if you heard my alarm clock, you'd be like, Lucas, why do you use that alarm clock? Because <laughs> it's the only way that's going to wake me up. But so I perfect, perfect day is I wake up on my own, full of energy and excitement to start the day at 4 a.m. Awesome. And then between 4 and 7 a.m., it's all personal me time. Yeah. And then at 7 a.m., that's when I check my social media, check my emails just to see if there's anything urgent for that day. Mm -hmm. And it's not to respond. It's just to check. Okay. And then from there, uh, actually, no, perfect day. We were talking perfect day. Yeah, we're talking perfect have, day. Technology is not a part of my life in the perfect world. I right. I have nothing to do with technology. Even though, like, I'm a digital publisher, I do everything digitally, yeah. I can outsource all of that. And so, yeah, now it's, so it's, like, my me time is everything that I kind of just mentioned. Yeah. In terms of, like, the meditating, the visualizing, the grateful, uh, the gratitude. Yeah exercising, eating, making my own breakfast, everything like that. And then ideally, like obviously in the perfect world is I would have a few kids that I'm homeschooling and teaching them how to be entrepreneurs. So by the time they're five or six years old, they're already making, a, pulling in more money per year <laughs> than somebody with two or three PhDs. That's so, awesome. And I, I am following, like, if you follow Caleb Maddox on, on Facebook, he's 17 years old now, but I've been following him since he was 12. And he, like, at 12 years old, he was already earning $100,000 a year, New York Times bestseller. Oh, my goodness. Of followers. And so, like, it's just a matter of, because also, too, I'm not even sure what the laws are on that, because I know that child labor laws come into play. So maybe I might just not pay my kids. Yeah. To, so that. I can obey the laws, but if I do pay them, then I might go to prison. So, uh, <laughs> I, I don't know, like the laws. I don't, I look, laws are crazy. Did you know it's illegal to whale watch in o Oklahoma? <laughs> Seriously, that, that's a real law in Oklahoma, the middle of the country. I was just going to say, wait, there's watch. no whales in Oklahoma. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, where are like, so, 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 well, so, at least so, to so my knowledge, like, yeah. And I think it Pens I think it's an East Coast state where like I think it's Pennsylvania. You can't wear a bow tie on Sundays or some some crazy thing like that. It's just the most. It's like how did those laws come to be? But anyways, anyway, uh, yeah. So like with a perfect day, it's it's just a lot of me time, yeah, family time, good, uh, personal development time, eating, and right. then like my perfect day is literally like I want to be 
just the family man teaching my kids not just how to be responsible for themselves yeah. but to actually start like taking action awesome teaching them something saying okay you can implement this in 20 years from now right let's just start doing it right away because right. there's no reason to wait until you're 23 24 years old to make a dollar right well that's because it's not like it's i'm not trying to like turn them in like it's not a greedy thing it's just if you have a good relationship to money money is going to have a good relationship with you right because money is just an extension of who you already are as a person so mm -hmm. if you're a great person like mother Teresa, yeah she raised millions and millions right. of dollars yep. very quickly yep and she did great things with it yeah and then you have i can pull out a couple names like i'm not sure if you've heard of the rothschilds uh -huh. they're worth like 700 trillion dollars unbelievable what they do with it is i you can look them up i'm not going to get okay into that, but yeah if you want to look at to see like what the most powerful family in the world does with their money look them up that's awesome well you've definitely give given our audience a lot to um a lot of homework i think this is good like nobody should be bored i mean really nobody yeah. should ever be bored again like I, <laughs> I love it um okay obviously you're very talented you have many skills if there's one only one lucas if that you could master what would that one be speed reading speed reading interesting why yeah because there's too many books out there and <laughs> you want to read them all I'm a, I'm a slow reader and so i would like to like if i could read two or three books a day yeah i'd be thrilled i yeah. would do that and that would be like obviously as a speed reader that's one trip to the bathroom and two books are done <laughs> <laughs> so, that's a great way to look at it yeah so it's kind of like i would love to be able, and then like obviously like you said one but the other one would then be perfect memory so that everything that i read i'd have be able yeah. to retain it and mm -hmm. be able to recall it at the exact time that i needed that information yeah that's me it's just retaining it yeah i, I agree with you 100 percent there so if there's one thing that you could change, what would that be and why? <laughs> one thing, Lucas. So, I, know, I, know. I, I giggled because I do have to give like a little mini disclaimer. It's yeah. that this is my opinion. Okay. Not Mary's. Yeah. Not inspirational visions. This is my opinion and my opinion alone. Absolutely. And... Uh, Whatever other legal disclaimers, pretend I just said that. Uh, <laughs> okay. So if I could change one thing is, this is a question that my mom asked me back, uh, a while back too. She was okay. like, oh, Lucas, like if you could go back to college and get a different degree, what degree would you get? Because yeah. I'm not using my pilot degree. I went to school to be a, a airline pilot, and obviously I'm not an airline pilot. Yeah. And which is the case for like the major majority of college graduates is they don't do anything with their degree. They go into a different field. But uh, – so like, if I could change anything is I would drop out of school in fourth grade. <laughs> okay. Why? Because by then I already know how to read, write, and do basic math in my head. Okay. All the young listeners do not. <laughs> just kidding. Yeah, yeah. Don't listen to me. Yeah. <laughs> like, if you were my kid, I would tell you to drop out. But uh, <laughs> like that, like that's what I would change is because to me, once you know how to read, write, and do basic math, now go off and make things happen. Yeah. Because if you know how to read, write, and do basic math, you're already in the top whatever percent of the world. Because uh, in California right now, like I think it's 80% of the African-American population can't read. Wow. And so as long as you know how to read, write, and do – I'm saying basic math. Like Yeah. Here, here, uh, cashier person, here's $20. I know my change yeah. before they bring it up. So that's one. That's a game that I play with myself. Is every time I go to a cashier, I give them different quantities so that I know. And then the the uh, the challenge is to know my change. Sure. Back, know my change, and then depending upon how long they're taking, it's like okay, well they can give me this many dimes and nickels, and I'll yeah. actually come up with a lot of different denominations depending upon how slow they are. Or but yeah, so it's uh, to me like those are the three things that you really only need to know in order to be very successful in this world because a lot of very top people that's all they know mm -hmm. and the only thing that they really do know is what they do they're right. masters at, at what, what they, they do because mm -hmm. you don't need to know biology if you're not going to be a biologist you don't need 
to right. know physics if you're not going to be a physicist. You don't need to know so, uh, uh, whatever that periodic table is. It, like, thankfully, my teacher never has memorized the periodic table because that would have been a <laughs> test I would have failed right away. I knew it at the time because I needed to know it. But if you ask me now, heck, I don't know. But yeah. I, I met this young man, loved reading, loved writing. He, he wants to be um, an author, hates math, hates it with a passion. And he asked me, why do I need to learn math? And I told him, it's just, you need to learn basic math because when you become that author and you become, you know, um, famous, you, you need to figure out, you know, all that, those millions that you're going to make and, and get to the basics of that. And he was just mm-hmm. like, no, I don't. I'll have somebody yeah. else do that. Well, yeah, <laughs> well, plus basic math keeps you out of prison. Yep, there you go. Because... With, at least here in the States, I'm not sure where you are in the world and what your government's uh, tax system is, but yeah. uh, with the IRS, if you, let's say that you owe them $100 and you give them $5,000, yeah, they're not going to say anything. You owe them $100 and you give them $99.99, yeah. and you all of a sudden, now it's like you go into a collections that they'll never tell you, <laughs> right? and one day, you lose everything that you have, and I know one person that's now homeless because she her property taxes she screwed up on it about a decade ago and she lost everything because the government never told her they just came in and said you owe us five hundred thousand dollars because of interest you don't have it well your house is worth that we'll take that oh my goodness what a sick feeling yeah Yeah. basic math is extraordinarily all right well we'll do that well we're gonna finish up um our show with you're going to share with us what is that last message legacy that you want to leave behind the legacy i want to leave behind yeah like a message like i'm gonna gonna plagiarize and steal art williams (laughs) art williams you're gonna do it just do it you want to do something do it you're the only person in the world that can do the idea that you have in your head amen so the thoughts and ideas that you have those are yours and you're the only person that can make those happen. Yeah. And you have those ideas for a reason to go off and do it. You have fear, do it. You don't know how to do it. Awesome. Go off and do it because doing, doing something wrong is always, always better than not doing anything at all. How I got to where I am is I failed my way here. I have, I like other people like they'll say, Oh yeah, look at all these successes. It's just that in my mind, all my successes are drowned out by all my failures and all my failures is what got me here. The reason why I know what I know is because of all the failures that I had. Wow. You did same it? Thing with, yeah. Same thing with Babe Ruth. Babe Ruth is known as the home run king, mm-hmm. but yet it was a lot more likely that he was going to strike out or get walked than it was for him to hit a home run, but yet he's the home run king. Yeah. So all those failures, just do it. Just You're do gonna it. You're going to fail. You're going to fail. People are going to make fun of you. You're going to, you may or may not lose friends. Who cares? Figure out what you want to do and just do it. I Period. think that's the, the best, best follow-up to this show is, you know, not to have fear. Have your positive mindset. Um, get your, your spiritual plane and emotional plane and physical plane all in place with your positive attitude. And like Lucas said, just do it. So, Lucas, where can our audience best connect with you? Uh, you can follow me on social media. It's Lucas J. Roback. And then my website is lucasroback.com. And so my website's like the hub for everything. So if you want to quickly find me anywhere or look up, up my other businesses, just lucasroback.com will send you in wherever you want to go. Awesome. Thank you again, Lucas, for everything and for joining us here on Inspirational Visions. It's been a pleasure. Please make sure to leave a rating and a review and share this episode with someone who needs to hear this message today. Thanks again for listening to another episode of Inspirational Visions. And as always, be inspired, never give up hope. And remember, our differences don't make us different. We're all beautiful, holy, in love. God bless. Until next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of Inspirational Visions. 
Make sure to share this episode with someone who needs to hear this message and head on over to inspirationalvisionsllc.com for God-inspired product gifts and also exclusive bonus content. Again, head on over to inspirationalvisionsllc.com.